0: hi everyone welcome to galit speaks uh i am here with a very special guest today her name is ashira boyer and we are going to be talking about healing from sexual assault um, and trauma and i'm going to tell you a little bit about ashira and then we're going to get started So Ashira is actually French, and she lives in the wilderness uh, of an ancient forest in Southern France. She's a psychologist, kinesiologist, flower essences practitioner, initiate in the spiritual uh, path of universal surfism, dance leader and mentor, and frame drummer. Her unconventional healing journey has included speech therapy, various holistic modalities, experiencing the medicine of cacao through the creation of a successful chocolate brand and embodied spirituality. She has created her own healing practice called inner gardening, a spiraling process in the depth of your being that unites body, mind, and soul and liberates you from your past and helps women who face abuse reclaim their sovereignty, their joy, their pleasure, and their vitality. So welcome Ashira. Thank you,
1: Galit. Hi everyone. I'm so honored to be your guest. Thank you for having me.
0: Same. I I'm so honored to have you here and I want to lo- know a little bit more about your journey. How how did this start and how did you get into it?
1: Wow. <laughs> it's a uh, a huge question. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so many different layers, you know, as, as everyone's life. Um let's say that my life started started, I was three, between three and four, started with a big shock. My father left and I didn't hear from him until I was seventeen. And then when I was seventeen, for various reasons we met we met again. And my father
0: raped me. Oh, my
1: gosh. Okay. Yeah. So, and that lasted for something like four or five years. He completely brainwashed me into believing that this was normal and that this was the way he was showing love to me. So, that was piling up with the first trauma I had from him leaving and his absence for so many years. And well, I did my best to survive as probably all trauma survivors. We are, we are doing our best with um, keeping with silence, with shame, with guilt, with frozen emotions, all that. And that's that's only that's only quite a few years later when you know I, I moved to England and believing that fleeing abroad would would cure all my problems. And well of course wherever you go your problems come with you. Yes. So, definitely. so when when my my uh, Work colleagues uh, started um, giving me the nickname the Ice Cube. I had such a shock that I started realizing that actually I, I was not handling my trauma and that I, I needed some help. So yeah. that's, that's when my search for true healing started
0: yeah that is that is a crazy moment of realization, right? <laughs> because uh, as um, many victims of spiritual of sexual abuse, you bottled everything up and just tried to run away from it and really like disconnected yourself from your emotions. Mm-hmm. And it took other people realizing, and saying something for for you to recognize it
1: yeah yeah i mean you know i think it's the it's the um, uh, color I, I don't know the name but uh, the word for that but the when we are in a dissociated state we have we don't see we just don't see so we think we handle things and you know we wonder oh but wh- why why am I feeling anxious when I'm with people? Where, why, why is it difficult for me to be alone with another man, even if it's a friend or even if it's a, a, your boss or whatever? But you don't really, I mean, it was my case, and I think it's the case of many people who experience trauma. We have symptoms, but we don't understand them because we are in a dissociated state. So it takes Uh, a kind of electroshock to to kind of wake you up yeah
0: yeah and i resonate with the the ice cube so much because i literally i so my childhood is i had um i had a a father who abused me It wasn't sexually, um, but it was physical abuse. And later on in life, I did have some sexual abuse that happened. Um, And I used to literally say I had an ice chest. And that's Mm. how I dealt with things. I would put it inside my ice box and I would close it off with walls of ice and then never think about it again. But it would show up in all of these other places of my life where I was acting out even though I wasn't, you know, acknowledging the fact that these things had happened to me, or even talking about them at all.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And we,
1: yeah, it's 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 really true that we are we are building, and that's very natural. We are building a protective shell with ice, with free, freezing. That's one of the natural responses, and I think. If we would have had the uh, some support right away, that would have changed things. Because trauma for me is a shock. You know, we say it's it's too too much too, too quickly for our system. But if we have a support system that comes right away and that helps us. Release the emotions, release the sensation, cry, feel our anger. Then we don't need to freeze. But we, we live in a society where women are conditioned to keep silent, where talking about sexuality and sexual abuse, it's taboo. We are conditioned to, you know, when we feel something uh, uncomfortable, we, we are not educated to let it move and feel it. We are educated to block and freeze all our emotions because they are not acceptable. So I think, I think this is one, one very important aspect of how the trauma uh, uh, keeps us in this icebox for so many years and that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm becoming I have become an advocate of breaking the silence and melting the ice <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it's it's so incredibly important to do it so what was so after you had the initial the initial aha moment right and you've realized hey Look, I I have all these things that I'm not dealing with. What was your first step in healing?
1: Hmm. So I I came back to France to start talk therapy. And I did that for something about nine or ten years. And it was really the first step because it helped me break the silence. I, I talked about my trauma. I talked about about it, about my experience to my mom and to my family. So it really started the journey for me. And it started also um, processing my own understanding of what had happened because I was 17. So, you know, it raises a lot of questions. I was, I was a young woman. I was, uh, I don't know how you say it, but se- sexually awakened. So you know I had a lot of shame and guilt about why why did I let did I let that happen to me? So I had to really go back to to really understand my my inner psychology to realize why that happened and to make and to pour. It so that I could be recognized, acknowledged as a victim. And that that was a really important part of my journey. But what happened is that when I got acknowledged as a victim, I had a second shock because it didn't bring me the relief or the peace I was expecting. Right. It changed nothing. So you know, I, I started wondering how come I, I was expecting that for so many years, and, and now it, it's like it's like nothing happened. My system is still the same. I still feel I'm a victim. I I'm not happy, I'm not creating, attracting the relationship. Relationships I want to, I'm attracting abusive relationships. Yeah. I'm in vitality. How come? So that's when I decided to go look into my body. And that's when I realized that what I would say now, of course, at the time I, I wouldn't have said that, but. Talk therapy can only go go so far. But then the trauma is uh, stored in your cells. It's stored in your brain connections. It's stored in your heart. And that, to me, are some spaces where you can't go with talk therapy.
0: Yeah, so that leads me to... Well, I have actually two questions about what you just said, because I know that um, the first step towards healing for a lot of of people of SA of sexual abuse is going and you know confronting their abuser and going to police. You know that a lot of times we we shut down and then if it does come out. Um, a lot of people are scared to take that step of going to police and actually filing a report and basically telling the world, Hey, this happened to me and I was a victim of sexual abuse because it's, it's like so tied in with this shame. Was there anything with that experience of coming forward that did help? Mm. Let me feel into
1: that. What comes to mind is welcoming the shame because we feel shame. That that's that's part of the experience. And To me, it has been really um, becoming gentle and kind and opening my heart to my own shame. And, And you know...
0: Oh no, are you still there? Okay, so I think we lost Ashira for a little bit. I want to hear the answer to that question. I will say, um, for me, um, there was um, a time that uh, when I experienced abuse, I did go to the authorities. There were a few times that I did not. And to this day, I have not. And I'm sure the statute of limitations is up and, uh, but I will say that the moment that I did go to authorities, I felt, um, I was taken seriously, but nothing ever came of it. And uh, that hurt. Oh, Ashira is back. Let me add her. Oh, Oh no. Dropped again. Um, I believe that Ashira is coming to us from France, um, from the woods, so <laughs> I'm sure she'll be back. Um, I am, so I did, um, I had an ex boyfriend who, um, after I broke up with him, uh, physically assaulted me and sexually assaulted me, and I did. Um, report him to the authorities, and he was arrested. Uh, he he did end up serving time, uh, but it was actually not because of me, it was because of priors that he had. And that seemed okay to me. Oh, Ashira is back. <laughs> I think it's the, it's the right, right
1: time now. My computer completely <laughs> turned off because of the heat in the forest. So I'm with my uh... phone,
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> It's all good. Uh, I'm usually in Arizona, and that happens all the time on my phone. <laughs> when I'm outside. It, I forget sometimes that I'm in the sun, and, and it just cannot handle that kind of sunshine. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, sorry. So you were speaking
0: yeah, about your story. Yeah. I was just telling my story where, yes, I did have uh, one time when I went to authorities. Um, and my ex was arrested for what he did to me, um, but he wasn't actually prosecuted for what he did to me. He had prior um, prior con- um, uh, I don't I don't even know what to call it prior convictions or something mm-hmm. that he, he had not dealt with. He had like skipped bail, and I had not, I did not know about that when we were together. Um, and he actually went to prison for that for multiple years Um, and my case never actually came to fruition but in my mind I kind of like let it go because at least he wasn't back out on the street Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so I was just sharing a little bit about you know for me, there was kind of like maybe this relief that the person was off the street, but not yeah. necessarily a relief in, you know, like I knew that I had done the right thing. I knew that um, I had stepped forward and I had like owned it and claimed it. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, I had a a really good friend at the time who came with me, who who basically convinced me to do this and like came with me and pushed me to do it. Um, But I never got what I think was like the satisfaction of like facing them in court
1: and Mm -hmm. and saying
0: like, no, you did this to me and you need to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I'm wondering if you had that.
1: No, my story is very similar to yours because although I went to court, because of my age, the court decided nothing happened, nothing nothing happened. So the judge, she was a woman, and she told me she was, but she told me unofficially that I was a victim and that what had happened to me was not normal, but it was not made official so that's very interesting because that brought me to a point where i decided to acknowledge myself as a victim and then it went even deeper in making me decide what i wanted to do with with that my lawyer he said to me, you should try again. I don't know there's a, a word for that. I don't know it in English. Yeah. And I really pondered and I said, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. Now I am going to find peace within myself, by myself. And that doesn't have anything to do with my father, with my abuser. That's to do with me and with what I'm, sh- I'm choosing to do with my life right now. Yeah. So that opened. It's funny because we could, we could think it's, it's bad news, but actually for me, it was great news because it opened the door to real peace because ultimately inner peace doesn't come from outside it comes from the inside and you can be recognized acknowledged as a victim you can go to court and you know um, really uh, um, express your anger and everything but if you don't do the inner work it's going to stay the same you're not going to be at peace
0: yeah yeah I definitely felt that and um you know, I'm here much later in life, having dealt with the majority of this and and gone through, you know, the the process of doing it in myself, and gone through the process of also forgiving, um, forgiving but not forgetting all all parties involved, and just. I mean, for me, it was um, this idea and this realization that anyone who does things like this is sick within themselves, and they are just unable to cure themselves. And as someone who cannot be mad at someone else for having any other disease, I cannot continue to hold those feelings of anger and hostility because Mm -hmm. i'm i'm really just hurting myself because they are diseased and i just have to recognize that as they are they are diseased and they have not taken the steps nor will they take the steps to change that and i need to take the steps within myself to make sure that i'm okay and that i don't suffer from their disease exactly
1: you know, what you're saying really resonates with one of the teachings I really like. I'm, I work in my spiritual lineage. I have, I've, ha- I've had the opportunity to work a lot with Jesus' word in Aramaic, his, his native language. And he's talking about forgiveness. And he says something along those lines. Forgiveness is about going back to your own rhythm, going back to your own essence and letting go, cutting off the knots that ties you to the other person. And to me, it's such a profound teaching because it takes us back to our inner power Inner responsibility that the only work we have to do and ultimately we can do is taking care of ourselves, going back to ourselves, reclaiming our power. And then life takes care of what needs to be taken care of. Yeah. So we don't have to push anything except deciding to go back to who we are and that when we have been abused it's such a, a such a difficult and beautiful journey because we have been taken our power our power has been taken away from us and so now we need to choose to Consciously build, reclaim, rediscover that power again. But because we do it consciously, we can go so far and we can really um, feel our power so much deeply. So much deeply.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I. I feel that. And uh, I know, so something that came to mind while you were talking was this idea of doing it consciously, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we have, we take actions and are doing it not with the, the consciousness of, of trying to reclaim our power. Like, you know, maybe acting out sexually, right? I know that you had spoke, you are going to speak a little bit about healing sexual assault with kind of a sensuality. And I know that for me, I kind of went and tried to take power back and, Mm -hmm. you know, was not doing it in a conscious way and just kind of felt it didn't, feel like anything. I didn't feel powerful. I didn't feel like I was in control because I didn't do it in a in a conscious way. You know, yeah. I was just trying to take the control back any way that I could, but it wasn't actually giving me any sense of control. So I think that just that word consciously. You know, one of my favorite words in the whole world is intention.
1: Yeah, and, intention you
0: know, is so powerful. Exactly. And if you don't set the intention, you don't consciously understand why you're acting in a certain way or why you're doing something, you can't ever heal what you're trying to heal. So I think that that is a major takeaway for anyone listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How, how, from what space do we come from when we act? Do we come from a space where we're still fighting or responding reacting in in one way or another to our trauma or are we coming from a space where we feel our own essence or that could be to me as a woman it feels very much a space that is grounded in the womb how do we feel in our womb if we go back to our body and take a few minutes to breathe in our belly we can feel that space of the hips and of of the womb being of the pelvis being filled with presence and that that can be an anchor um, you know something we can rely on a feeling that we can start relying upon to navigate with our actions. Where do I come from?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for someone that has experienced sexual assault and has not fully dealt with it, what, what do you think should be the actions taken? First
1: of all, I want to say that everyone is different, and everyone is unique. So, I can, I can talk uh, in general terms, and that I, I want to be very clear about that, because I know that even tiny things can trigger us when we have experienced sexual abuse, or any kind of abuse. So I really want to be clear with that, and I can only talk about what worked with me and what worked with me is going back. You you were talking about sensuality, so it was going back to my senses in a safe way, using sensuality in a non-sexual way, because sensuality, we very often we confuse it with sexuality, but actually it's about the senses. So we are naturally sensual beings and sensuality can, you can access your senses and your pleasure, your joy of being through taste, through smell through gentle touch through nature through movement there are many doors to access the senses so one of the most gentle door for me or maybe two i could say is breath work Mm -hmm. you know sitting down every morning taking Starting with two minutes. Two minutes, you sit down in a quiet space that is just for you and you be you breathe. You are with your breath. You don't try to do any fancy breath or whatever. You don't try to force your breath to, to go in that direction or another. You just are with your breath and you start calling upon the the witness in you. And you just start observing. And a lot of things are going to happen, (laughs) I can tell you. So, two minutes and then if it's comfortable, five minutes and you grow little by little. And another another door that for me has been really great and, and also easy is nature, relation with nature, Mm -hmm. walking bare feet on the ground and feeling your feet in contact with the earth. Smelling the earth after the rain or stroking the green moss in the forest. And that for me has been uh, an easy, accessible, safe way to start with. Yeah. And I was doing all that on my own. So I was not triggered by anyone else presence. So that, that was, yeah. The, the most accessible things
0: to start with. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think, especially, uh, I know that I've done a lot of, um, sitting with myself and my breath and that's some of the hardest work that you can do because your mind wants to be anywhere but there. (laughs) Exactly. uh, You know, making sure that you do not start to drift off into like, what do I need to do today? what yeah you know, what's going on on my phone what's going on in other places what is the other yeah. person down the road thinking about you know just a yeah. million different things that you could go and so that is um, that is a really important place to start to be able because I think that a lot of times we kind of We run away from everything, right? So everything else is a distraction away from where we need to be. And it's so clearly seen in those moments where you are trying to be with yourself. So that ability to like, allow yourself to just be you and to just be with you is, is sometimes terrifying
1: it is terrifying you know it, it always makes me laugh to talk about that because i remember that for the first actually quite a long time for the first two or three years of doing this breath work i was <laughs> i was doing my to-do list or i was growing doing my grocery list or you know whatever but everything just to not feel the feels yeah. so Today, it, it makes me laugh, but I, I know how hard it is and how discouraging it can be. So that, that's why I'm always advising to start short, because yeah. of course, you're going to encounter all your monkey mind, all your belief system, all your old patterns, all your self-loathing thoughts and all that. So we have to be very gentle on ourselves and always remember that what goes into our mind is not us, but that's also why support is so important, so important to receive support because one of the, of the hardest thing to me, for example, to overcome the self-loathing patterns has been consistency. Taking care of myself and doing was what was healthy for me, nurturing for me, keeping up with healthy routines on a daily basis. That has been really, really a journey for me because, you know, you try to create new habits, and then, of course, when we want to change our our mind, what, let's say, what has been protecting us for so many years is kind of panicking because we we are letting that go. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, you are trying to put all these he- healthy habits in your life, and all of a sudden, you have Let's say, really, Frank, you have all your shit coming up. And so it's very discouraging. And that that's why for me support is so important to have someone to, to back you up. Someone you can call when you fall down. You know, someone just to hear you, to witness you, and to cheer you up, to re- remind you that it's possible. Yes, you can do five minutes. You can do that yeah yeah
0: and i think that so many times uh people have tons of friends or a lot of friends but it's all so surface level and we don't go deeper than that so how did how did you find your support system because i mm. that is is sometimes sometimes one of the hardest parts for most people because we have like all of these relationships, right? But they're, they're not deep. They're kind of just surface or like I, I tend to call um, sometimes like single serving friends, right? Yeah. They're, they're just for for one thing. They're just for one time in your life. They're not like Mm. those deep connections where you have this type of support.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, and you know, it's it's very human. Holding the space for such experiences and emotion is is really, it's demanding. So not everyone is ready for that. Yeah, because it it requires it requires of you to have gone inside and looked at your own shadows. So how it happened to me is. Through spirituality, I met my spiritual teacher, and she's a woman, and she offered me a space. That was not um, um, a therapy space, but that was a space of unconditional love. And through the practices she taught me, she let's say, walked hand in hand with me towards just pointing where my own space of unconditional love actually was. So she held the space for me so that I could peel off the layers and rediscover that inner space of unconditional love. So she gave me tremendous support with her presence and then I learned to offer myself the same gift of presence.
0: That's Mm. beautiful. I wonder, was there a specific um, thing about her that made you recognize that this is a safe space and that you were able to open up?
1: That's such a mystery. You know, when you, my mind, I, nothing happened in my mind, <laughs> completely blank. You know, I think I, I'm into a lineage where we dance and we sing a lot. And so we were in a, in a dance uh, setting and organizing, you know, all the practicalities of, of how we spend the time together and how we deal with kitchen and all that. And she just started started talking about, you know, I'm going to do the kitchen, the, the cooking today, something like that. And, you know, she, she stood up. And the, the minute after, I was going to her and asking her to be initiated. So my heart recognized an atmosphere, really recognized an atmosphere. I, I do believe and I have experienced um, what in the Sufi lineage we say, polishing the heart. That's what we do with breath work. When you do breath work, breath work, you, as you were saying, all emotions and patterns are resurfacing and what is resurfacing are things that are not you, that are not your true essence. So the more you let them move and you allow them to move through you and let them go, the more you polish your heart, the more you polish your being and the more you can simply be in the present moment, which is always a sacred moment, whatever its color. And that can be felt by, by the heart. And I think my heart recognized that quality of being and got like, oh, oh, I want to go there. <laughs> That's safe. Yeah. And I can come back to myself as well. Because she knows how to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what I'm hearing also for people who don't necessarily have the practice um, is that as, as humans, as women especially, we're kind of taught not to listen to our bodies, not mm-hmm. to listen to our heart, not to listen to like intuition and gut. And that's when we get into trouble, right? When we rationalize above what we are actually feeling on an almost primal level. Yeah. Um, And that is something that, you know, I have been in, in a lot of ways in my life, I listen to my gut. Like I and the the times that i have rationalized beyond my gut and just gone oh, or or done something those were the times where it was the wrong decision mm. so i think the this idea of like actually feel into your body actually feel into what your heart is saying your your gut is saying your you said before like your your pelvic area your womb is saying like actually feeling into that and listening and not ignoring those feelings is where you can really make that difference
1: yeah yeah that's a such a good starting point i mean that's yeah we can start simply with that listening for example uh you know if if people who are watching us or listening to us want to try something They could imagine a situation, let let it be neutral, like having ice cream. (laughs) And how does it feel in the body if I visualize myself having ice cream right now? How does my body feel? Does it feel a yes? And if it's a yes, how, how does it feel in the sensations? where can i locate it in my body is it tinglish is it warm you know what is the quality i can i can put on that and if it's a no for the ice cream what how do i recognize the no in my body and in my sensations and when we start doing that with very neutral examples then little by little we train ourselves to listen to our to our yeses and to our noes, and we become more and more able to recognize what what is good for us, what is not good for us, and we can listen to that
0: gut wisdom that you're talking about. That's beautiful. Yeah, that I never even thought about it that way, but that's so powerful. If you can recognize your yes and no's with things that don't necessarily matter that much, you can train yourself to recognize it in the things that matter.
1: Yeah. It's it's easier to start with ice cream than to start with, I don't know, your mom, your dad, or, you know, your abuser. Of course, it's going to be very difficult. So let's play. Let's play with all that. You know, I like life has been so burdening to me because of my experience that I came to realize that heaviness healing doesn't have to be heavy we are dealing with deep stuff so let's make that light and and let's have ice cream on the way
0: yeah that's beautiful I love that healing doesn't have to be heavy we, we are weighed down with so much in so many different yeah. aspects of our life that this should be a place that you go into with ease. Yeah. Yeah. Not with to say that it's going ease. to be easy all the time. No. But, you know, let's make it easier on ourselves.
1: Yeah. With ease, support, and trust. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, I, uh, as we're coming up on an hour, I know that a lot of people. You go so fast. (laughs) I know. Yeah. We're coming up on like 50 minutes now. I want to make sure that we talk about anything else that you want to share with the audience or anything else that's coming up for you right now. Mm. What I want to share is,
1: let's say, uh, a pinch of hope. Because I know that when, when we are starting our journey, our healing journey, very often our emotions are very overwhelming and we don't know how to handle them, we don't know how, how to deal with them and all that, it's just too much. So what I want to say to people, to everyone is that reach for support, reach for the right support, and it's possible to recover. It's possible to reclaim your joy. It's possible to get a pleasurable, great life after abuse. We don't have to be the survivors all our life. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's possible and that's that's not easy, but that's completely doable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people get discouraged when it yes. doesn't happen immediately. But allowing yourself that space and that time and knowing that it's okay if it takes 10 years. It's okay if it takes 20 years. It's okay if it takes longer than that as long as you are actively working on healing and still taking small steps, whatever those steps may look like for you, yeah. that it's okay. Yeah. And and to uh to allow ourselves to hope and to dream and to know that one day this you know this won't affect us in the way that it affects us yeah. at the present yeah. moment.
1: So that's that's faith but let's let's really go deep into ourselves and find that space where faith is still here. You know when there is still that little flame that we only you know it's very tiny and but we only need to breathe how do you say um it's not breathe uh i don't i don't remember the name the, the, the word but you know uh blow blow yeah. some air yeah. on on that blow your breath on that flame and it's going to get bigger yeah so start breathing start breathing and ask for support. Ask for th- for support. I mean, we didn't get support when when that happened to us, but now we can be our own parents
0: and ask for the support we need. Yeah, I think uh, that was very important for me to realize that, you know, I had all of this pent up anger and emotion about. Um, you know, when I was younger, I had no control over this and I did not get support. I did not get help. But then realizing that as an adult, that's my responsibility to myself. Mm -hmm. That's not something that anyone else needs to do for me anymore because I'm not that child. And I do have a control. I do have the control over myself to get the support now. So I think and that's, that's such a, an important
1: step. You only have to jump once and then you're on your way. It's movement, always bringing movement,
0: yeah, yeah, I love that that's uh I'm obsessed with sharks, and that's one of the things that I love yeah. about sharks is that they keep moving, no matter yeah. what, like they stay, you know, there are some sharks that cannot survive unless they're swimming.
1: Mm. Mm. and so
0: it's like this idea of like doesn't matter how fast you're going or where the end destination is as long as you know as long as you keep moving and you, and you you can make it through anything exactly keep moving
1: when there's movement there is life yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. and i'm available if if people need support of course i'm here i am i am the let's say the big sister i mean although i am trained And I could be labeled as a healer. I don't like that because, you know, I really think that the time where there's one person who knows and the other one who is only receiving and being passive or, you know, wondering how all that is going on, it's finished, it's, it's finished, it's over. So... I really like to say that I am that that sister who has walked a bit further on the path and who has tools to share to walk hand in hand with people if they are willing to start rediscovering themselves you know rumi he says it's he's a sufi poet and he says to receive the blessings of the universe you just have to close your umbrella because the umbrella you're wearing is just preventing you from receiving the blessings
0: yeah that's beautiful and if people do want to reach out and i recommend that they do how how would they do so
1: yeah thanks for asking so they can they can go to my facebook page Asherah Dominique Boyer and they will find me they can dm me and you know start uh, we can start discussing and we can also plan a free discovery session i don't know if there's a possibility to put the link Um, yeah yeah, so we can i can give you the, the link and people can schedule a discovery session with me so we can have 45 minutes for them to be witnessed, be heard in their struggle, and then see, we see we we look together. If we are exciting to work together, if we're a match, if it says yes, and what is the best next step with me or with someone else? But you know, let let's see what is the best next step. Let's
0: let's bring movement. Let's bring movement. Yeah. I love that also you do 45 minutes, which is kind of unheard of, you know, to have (laughs) such a a large space. Like, I think everyone should be taking you up on that, because that is, like, enough time to really start movement, right? Yeah. A lot of times, um, like, discovery calls are, are much shorter, right? You've got, like, 10, 15 minutes to, like, get everything out and talk to this person. Yeah, well, to me, 10 minutes is just
1: the time to say
0: hello, so yeah, (laughs) it wouldn't work. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And and so if people do start working with you, what are the different um, ways that you work with people? Are there group Mm -hmm. sessions? Is it one-on-one?
1: At the moment, it's only one-on-one. And... We. I have a three-months con- container that I call luxuriance because for me, women are rich, luxuriant beings. So I want every woman to rediscover her her own luxuriance. So we see each other weekly, and we do healing sessions. But I also share practices. So we do shadow work, but we also do singing. We also do movement. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't think of, <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of things because I am trained, we, we do backflowers, uh, I am trained in various modalities and so I'm, I'm using all of them according to what I feel matches the need of the woman and we also use the medicine of cocoa, is it in the U.S. we say cocoa? cow. yeah. yeah? The medicine of the rose and the cocoa. It's very powerful medicine. So I send every woman um, a box with cocoa and ceremonial cocoa and also flower essences to be used. Um, It's a a customized blend of flower essences. And so we make, we go on Zoom and we do a, a, a ritual with cacao and the woman and i we drink the cacao together we put intentions and we go deep in our healing yeah and we really call upon the we call upon the elements with nature fire water the earth how do we feel all that inside of us how can we tap into these resources that are available all the time around us and within us. So we do a a lot of different um, practices together.
0: I love that. I love it. And I love cacao ceremony. Uh, I got a chance to do it many, many years ago now. Well, not that long, but like it feels like a lifetime ago Um, on a retreat in San Diego, a woman's retreat. And it was an experience that shifted my life into, Mm. you know, it was the beginning of me becoming me Mm. and becoming this version of me. So it was really like at a time where I had just started to, unravel and deal with all of the things that were bottled up and holding me back and i was in the process of like getting rid of uh, mm. And it was an extremely powerful experience and i i still think about it and keep in touch with those women um so i i think it's really beautiful that you bring it in as well
1: yeah i love i love cocoa, cocoa and you know i've started making raw chocolate for 10 years and so being with chocolate and with cocoa on a daily basis has been such a, a deep healing for me as well so i, I love this medicine
0: Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> ah so so excited i hope everyone reaches out i will share your information
1: um
0: yeah. and i want to thank you for being here and sharing your story and uh If the audience has any questions or you have any comments and you're watching this on the replay, I know it was a little bit of a different time than usual, but I had to have Ashira on and uh, I'm super excited. So if you're watching this on the replay, please share your stories. Please reach out to Ashira. I will share her information. Um, And thank you so, so much for being here, Ashira.
1: Thank you, Galit. It's been a honor. And thank you for, you know, being in the circle of the women empowering other women. We are, that's why we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. Empowering each other.
0: That's beautiful. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, please make sure to, if you're watching this now, you're watching this, uh, you can reach me on Facebook, Khalit Speaks. Uh, on YouTube, but please like, subscribe, share this with anyone that you feel like needs it. I know that I will definitely be sharing this live. I'm so excited that uh, we were able to tackle these really yeah. kind of heavy issues. Um, I loved our conversation. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Ashira, and have, a, you. have an amazing. You Thank you, you too.